Hi, I'm Jeff, one of the pastors. Really grateful to be with you today. As Ben said, it's our fourth Sunday in Advent. Tonight we're going to celebrate Christmas Eve, so we'd love to have you come back for one or both of those. If you'd like, it's just going to be a rich day. And I'm full. I'm full of Christmas. I'm full of the messages. I'm full of God's Word because I've been soaked in, soaked in it. I'm full. I'm loving. I, I love it. I love Christmas. I love the season. I love you. I even love you. I love you right now. It's good. Thank you, Ruth. That's what I was fishing for. I appreciate that from the front row. She said she loves, and, we, and you love me. I appreciate that. This is the fourth Sunday in Advent, and this, uh, we're celebrating the, uh, the um, lighting the Advent candles every week. The idea is that the, it symbolizes the increasing light that God has, is coming into the world. And he's bringing the hope that we need. That was the first uh, sermon. The, the love that we need the joy that we need, and this morning on our final Advent Sunday, the peace that we need. He's bringing the peace that we need. Have you already seen a couple of the year-end reviews on your local news station or something like that? This is one of those years, I think both within the context of our community and the world at large, that we're recognizing that this, uh, boy, do we need peace. We came uh, over the, from the desert over the hills, the Judean hills, into Jerusalem on the trip that we got to go on this year. You know, Art and Ben and I and Linda and Brenda and Katie, we all got to go to Israel. And we had, uh, we had a tour guide who, as we um, came over into Jerusalem, you know, he, had, he was a, a non-religious uh, uh, Jewish person, actually probably kind of anti-religious, very cynical. If that part of the world you grew up in, I imagine that the sense of that kind of comes pretty strong, uh, maybe not like... Uh, unlike us in the uh, oversaturated um, news cycle, political realm, um, this world that we're living in with tragedy after tragedy, it hardens one's heart. And this guy, as we traveled around with him, we got a sense of that. We'd already been in Galilee. We'd been in the Dead Sea. We'd gone up to the Golan Heights. We looked over into Syria where we literally could hear mortar fires and artillery happening. We're like, gosh, that's, there's a war happening over there. And I uh, could hear that from Israel. And uh, we had been in the, over, down at the, in the desert, and we came over the Judean hills into Jerusalem. And this guide, of all people, of all non, this non-religious guide, pulls the van over. We were up on Mount Scopus, and we get to this little lookout thing. There's a picture of him here. He, he pulls over, and he pulls us out of the van. And you can't quite see, but behind him, you could see Jerusalem in the distance. We're up on the mountain above it, and we're looking down. It's our first glimpse of Jerusalem. None of us had been to, to Jerusalem before, and we hadn't been on this trip yet. And so he pulls us out of the van, he gets us there, and he opens up his Hebrew Bible. And he reads for us Psalm 122 in Hebrew. And as we read it later, this is what it said. I rejoice with those who said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing at your gates, Jerusalem. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. For the sake of my family and friends, I will say shalom. I will say peace be with you. That he knew in the state of the world, he knew in the state of his own heart, he knew with all the dialogue that we had had up to that point that peace was what the world needed. Um, and he read that to us. It's pretty cool. In fact, uh, I, I, when I, showed, I wanted to show you this picture. I realized it was a video. You want to you hear him read it in Hebrew? And listen for the word Shalom. Shalom. 
And here's the text, by the way, in case you needed to read it along with it, if you want. I don't know. Is, that, is that upside down? We don't know. There's no way of telling. Everybody in our world today, if they pause for a moment, is feeling that understanding, that need. Peace, shalom. Shalom in the Old Testament is used 236 times, and the, and, the, and the root form of the verb is used practically countless times. It's an amazing word. In the Greek, it's irene. If your name is Irene, you're named peace. That's what it means. It's used 100 times in the Greek in the New Testament. And this word, this shalom, this, it's an all-encompassing word. It's not just the absence of war that we would think, oh, there's wartime and there's peacetime. It is a much a fuller term. It's a state of wholeness. It's a state of harmony undividedness. It's a state of affairs where there's tranquility and prosperity and security. One person I read said it's a word that talks about a state of affairs that is, listen to this, unblemished by any disintegration. Isn't that beautiful? That is exactly the opposite of what most of us are experiencing in our world, what most of us are experiencing in our daily lives. Because the sense for us is of our incompleteness, our dividedness, our disintegration, our chaoticness, the frazzled world that we're in, and therefore the frazzled heart and soul that I bring into the day, the anxiety that I feel about life, about my past, about my present, about my future. We need, friends, shalom. We need the peace of God. If Yossi, our guide, could understand that, we can certainly understand it as God's people. And the great news is that in the Advent, in this Advent, that means the coming, that's Christmas, the coming of God to the world, he promises to bring peace. That's incredible news. Out of all the things that he came to bring, Christians have landed this fourth Sunday of Advent as part of their ritual, part of their liturgy to talk about the peace that comes with God with us and Christ in us. I want to look a little bit at what that looks like. It's right in the middle of our Advent texts. Luke chapter 2, you're going to hear this tonight. If you come, we'll read the Christmas story. This is kind of the core, this this verse 13 and 14, but I'd like to read. Can I read it? We have time. Can I read the context? We could do a little Christmas reading. You want me to read the Christmas story? Going to do that? And this is not, um, and I'm not Linus, but I'm going to do the best job I can, Okay. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, to the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to the shepherds, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. This is what Ben preached on last week. I will bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with that angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, 
and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. That's the Christmas story. It culminates with this proclamation of the angels. There was one angel speaking to the shepherds, telling them, hey, it's happened. God has come to the earth. And then this great company of the heavenly host starts praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. There's two things that's going on in this, 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 the beginning of this text. It's, there's something happening in heaven and it's glory. And there's something happening on the earth and it's peace. That, that, that's, the, that's the focal point of the Christmas story. That's the rock solid middle of the whole announcement of this Advent that we're celebrating. This is the meaning of Christmas. That's what Linus said. This is the mean, I know the meaning of Christmas, Charlie Brown. And he read this story. Well, this is even the, the core of this text. That in heaven, because God had come, the Savior had come, in heaven, there was a giant party that all of the angels who had been living with God in heaven were like, this is what it's all about. We've been waiting for this day that God was going to come in the form of a baby, in the form of a human, and that would be the Savior of the world. So the Savior has come. And so in the heaven, glory. In the heaven, glory. What's happening in heaven? It's they're praising God, the company, and you, you can go see, and there's, that's been happening forever. You go look in Revelation, and you see the angels and the living beings and the creatures, and they're going, all the heavenly creatures are worshiping and praising and bowing down and dancing and partying and being overwhelmed by the glory of God. So here's the point. Christmas, God's coming to the earth. The Savior's coming. So two things happen. One, in heaven and on earth. That's the summary of the message. That's the Christmas message. In heaven, this is what God's wanted to do. And on earth, peace. Peace is coming. That's what Christmas is about. The peace that we long for, the peace that our world needs. The peace that we need comes because God is with us and Christ is in us. This is the culmination of the celebration of Christmas. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. And as we all know from... Uh, uh, many, many sermons that God so loves the world. So his favor comes to all people. And if we receive that favor, peace is promised. Peace. In, in heaven, glory. On earth, peace. That's what's come. It's peace. In fact, the coming of the Savior is prophesied that, and you, and you heard uh, um, the, the boys read it, the Savior is coming and he's even called the Prince of Peace from Isaiah chapter 6, uh, 9, sorry, verse 6. For us to, to us, a child is born, to us, a son is given, and the government or the rule of the world will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's his name. In fact, there's several places in the scriptures where God has called, the, he calls himself the God of peace. And the Savior who comes is going to be the Prince of Peace. So this is his purpose, friends, to come and bring you peace. <clears throat> Not to bring you peace like at Christmas, like, oh, peace, like the, the stories of the, you know, the pausing of the hostilities in World War I or then in Vietnam, which nobody then, you know, honored and they, you know, the Christmas Day, you know, truce, they'd still fought. Like, like, it's not like, oh, Christmas, we'll have a little moment of peace. Because let's be truthful. All the stuff that's still in the world, all the stuff that's still in the depth of the darkness of human hearts is all still there. The truth is there really isn't like, oh, Christmas, there's going to be peace. No, no, no. The promise was that when God would come and be among us and the Christ would come and be in us, that actual 
peace was possible for all, for all time. And so this is the message that we receive. So what is Luke referring to? What is this peace? Let's parse it a little bit. I'm just going to briefly make two quick points but that are huge. Uh, and so I really feel dishonest or dishonorable to God's word to only make them quick, but, but I want to make, uh, I want to camp on the third one. So first, what's, what's Luke 2.14 where it talks about the peace that will come on earth, on heaven, glory on earth, peace. Well, first, this peace that comes with God with us, the peace that we need, it's coming to give us peace between God and each person. Peace between God and each person. This is peace with God. That's all over the scriptures. That's what Christianity is all about, that we've been ransomed, we've been redeemed, we've been restored into a relationship with God. Does that sound familiar? Ben preached about it a little bit last week. That's what the joy comes from that. I preached about it the week before. Love, the love that we need that's motivated. God is motivated out of love. But this peace between God and each person is something that, that the Luke passage is referring to. Peace on earth, meaning that all people are going to be reconciled into a relationship with God. That's incredible news. This is, the, this is the core of Christianity, that Jesus is the Savior. He's rescuing people and bringing people back into a relationship with God when they were separated. One of the many, 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 many verses on it here, First uh, Colossians, look at this, from Colossians chapter 1. For God was pleased to have all his fullness, that's God's, fullness dwell in him. That's Jesus. For God was pleased to, to have all his fullness dwell in Jesus and through Jesus to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Making peace with his blood through his blood shed on the cross. We've been ransomed. We've been redeemed. We've been, the, the gap has been bridged. The, See, God bridged the separation, the fracture, the disintegration between human beings and himself. Human beings, broken, sinful. God going, you need a relationship with me. I'm going to come get you. I'm going to bridge the gap through sending Jesus to the cross. That's what God did. That's good news. That's called the good news. And that's what Christianity is. It's the ultimate shalom. Becoming a Christian is the ultimate shalom because God said, let's make peace. There's separation. There's enmity. Let's make peace. Let me do this and bring you into a relationship with me. So peace between God and each person. That's what the angels were proclaiming. No wonder the church was like, glory. I mean, the heaven was like glory. And church should be that way too. Glory. That is incredible news. The gap, the separation between God and his beloved creation is going to get bridged because of Christ on the cross, making peace through his blood shed on the cross, it says in Colossians. So I don't even know how to talk about that briefly because it's so incredible and so core to what we're all about. But it's just one part of this piece, the piece that we need from Luke chapter two that they said on earth glory, I mean on heaven glory and on earth peace. It's about peace between us and our relationship with God. Secondly, it's also about peace between human beings. For sure, it's about peace between people. Most people on the street who know the Christmas carols, people who've heard the Linus reading of the Christmas story, they think this is kind of the point, you know, the peace on earth. When you hear the, have you seen Keir Simmons do uh, on the Today Show? He's been doing the Christmas in the Holy Land and, you know, he's talking about, how, you know, the story of, of Jesus coming as a baby to bring hope to the world. And the way people say that, to bring hope or to bring peace to the world, it's sort of this just kind of a, frankly, it's kind of a little mushy thing. And again, the cynics in this, of us look at it and go, yeah, but there's no peace and people don't really have hope. So I don't really understand how that's going to translate to people. See, the truth is, you guys, that when the angels were proclaiming glory in heaven 
and saying that now peace is coming to the earth, it was not just about just some sort of a pie in the sky, uh, sort of magical incantation like peace on earth, because that's not going to be the case. The fact is that there isn't relief from hatred and jealousy and factions and racism and misogyny and uh, uh, family feuds. And it's been that way since Cain and Abel in the Bible goes beginning, very beginning of Genesis. And it continues that way now. So what does it mean that there's going to be peace on earth? Well, the truth is, it has to be, as we've titled our sermon series, God in us, or God with us and Christ in us, brings about a transformation to where we actually can be reconciled to other human beings, and that stuff that's in us as human beings that creates division between humans can be broken down by the power of a very real Holy Spirit within us. That's the only hope that we have. It's about God coming and doing his work in us. Reconciliation with people, restoration of relationships, the breakdown of all the isms in our world only comes from a transformation of our heart, which is going to root out our selfishness and our superiority and our judgment and our anger and our hatred and our fear and all these things that bring that that, uh, disintegration of human relationship. It's only through God coming inside of us. Friends, listen, if we're still holding on to the notion that without a true God invading us by his Holy Spirit and transforming our hearts and rooting that stuff out, if we're still thinking that the human beings can pull it together and the world can love one another and different cultures are going to get along without the transformation of Christ, we just have to read a couple of history books. It's never happened. The peace that we need, the peace between people, comes because the Spirit of Jesus will come inside of us and give us the power to root out that darkness that keeps us apart. That is such great news. Okay, I can't preach on that either because that's not really my point. The peace that we need, this peace, the, the, the angels came and they said, in heaven, what? And on earth? Peace. It's peace between God and people. It's peace between people. And this one we got to talk about before I run out of time. And that is that it's about peace inside our hearts. And this is the one that resonates, but they all resonate, right? I mean, our salvation, what people need to, be, to reflect their essence of being sons and daughters of the creator God, like all of this is so important. And this last one, we need it so deeply that we would be people who experience shalom, wholeness, tranquility, a state absence of, absent of any disintegration, that we would actually experience that within us. This is the thing that even our cynical tour guide feels. This is the thing that everybody in the world is longing for. This is what we feel, whether this year's been particularly hard. Some people last year in our church said last year was uh, um, uh, unbelievably difficult, and we just keep thinking, I don't know that I've had a year in a long time that hasn't been really tough in our world. We need peace inside. What do we do with that? Well, I'm going to read this verse. This is the teaching the New Testament about the peace of God that comes to us from Philippians chapter 4. It just starts by saying, do not be anxious about anything. Now, that's going to get your attention, by the way. One phrase. Do not be anxious about anything. That's the thing right there where we go, okay, I need to hear what you're going to say because, first of all, I don't think I'm going to buy it because my life is full of anxiety. 
So something is going to happen here in this text. There's some secret here where the rubber is going to meet the road in terms of our human condition and our experience. Everybody is longing for peace. So he starts by telling the Philippians, this Apostle Paul, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Now we're going to come back and parse this a little bit, but he goes, don't be anxious. But in fact, the things that you carry, the things that make you anxious, you can come and present them to God. And the result's going to be, verse 7, that the shalom of God, will tr- that, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Just to, we'll come back to that, but read the context. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is admirable, what, uh, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Now, before you go on to the next verse, I just, you got to look at that and you got to, that's not the kind of way in which our mind, when we wake up in the middle of the night, our mind just goes to what's true and noble and right, pure and lovely and admirable. That's not the, it's not what our mind spins on, does it? It spins on the difficulty in the world and the darkness and the brokenness and my shame and my fears about tomorrow and my fears about today, that's the stuff that spins in us. But there's something about coming to God and meditating on the good news of who he is and on what he's done, okay, these things. He says, think about these things. And then the next, the, the next verse, verse nine, whatever you've learned or seen, uh, re- received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. I love this. I love that verse. Paul's just like, listen, I've been on the ancient road that followers of God seeking the shalom of God have been on. So come follow me. And if you live like I live in submission to Jesus, which is kind of a bold thing to say, right? What's the result? God of peace will be with you. I love that God calls himself the God of peace. He doesn't call himself the God of something very much. The God of love, but the God of peace is a big one. Now go back to the first two verses in this text, and I want to parse it a little bit, because this is so powerful and so beautiful, this idea. But this idea that what is the secret then? It's so epic, this promise, that after our salvation, yeah, yeah, I need peace. And this promise is that the peace of God will guard our hearts and our minds. The God of peace will be with us. What's the secret to that shalom? What does it teach? And if we just pause a minute, we look at this text. It starts by saying, don't be anxious about anything. And then he begins to give a little bit of a formula. There's not much in the Christian world that's super formulaic because we have this living God. And by the way, you're a wild animal. So this living God and the human condition and you, it just becomes, you know, there's not a lot formulaic. But look at what this teaches. Don't be anxious about everything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Parse it a little bit. Don't be anxious about anything, but he's going to say present your requests to God, isn't he? And he's going to say to do it with thanksgiving. He's going to say to do it by prayer and petition. But he starts by saying, but in every situation, do this. Don't be anxious. Here's where the peace of God is going to come. It starts by saying, in every situation, you're going to do these things. In every situation. 
Now, this is sort of a no-brainer for us, but you stop and you go, well, you know what? I'm not sure that I actually present my requests to God in every situation. I think there's actually a duality in my life where I sort of part of me, like I got, you know, this stuff I talk to God about and this stuff I think, I don't know, I don't even know how to relate that stuff to God. And I don't even think God cares about that stuff. And I like, you know, whether that's my family, I trust God with my family, but I don't really, not my work situation, or I trust God with my moral character, but not really the money piece in my life or whatever it is for us. Every situation... The beginning of his formula is to say, listen, if God is with us and Christ is in us, then we are going to trust him in every situation, in everything that, that we face, in every, literally every last thing that is in our lives. So that means that all the stuff that creates anxiety in us, we're going to put it all out there and name it and call it and go, this situation, I'm going to bring it to God. So this is in every situation, bring it to God. By, by prayer and petition. Now pause for a minute. Think about that. Prayer and petition. That seems like maybe they're synonyms, right? Prayer and petition. I thought they were kind of the same thing. Well, prayer here, you could tell the re- reason he says it separately. This is two different things. Prayer is dialoguing with God about it. And petitioning is asking God for what it is that you need. Do we ask him for what we need? Do we dialogue with him and ask him? Now go back. Think about it. In every circumstance, every situation in your life, he says, talk to God about it and ask him for what you need. In every single situation, talk to God and ask him what you, for what you need. Now, this shouldn't be new to many of us in this room. But how often do we live our lives recognizing that God is with us and Christ is in us? This is the good news. And peace is promised. So you know what? I'm going to take everything in my life Name a thing. Name a thing in your life right now. Name one anxiety that you're carrying right now. I mean, it could be peace in the Middle East. It could be what you're going to have for lunch. I mean, it is the whole gamut. In every situation, we dialogue with God about it. God, how do you feel about this? What's happening with you and my friend and so therefore my relationship with him? You dialogue with God about it and then you present your request to him and you go, God, you know what I need? I need a breakthrough in the tension in our relationship. Or God, you know what I need? I need, I need to get a raise this year or I'm gonna need another job. Like it's, that's what we're gonna need, God. Let's talk about it. We dialogue and we ask God what we need. Isn't that beautiful? That's what he promises. And the challenge, friends, that I've spent way too long reminding you about, because every one of you is like, I know, move on, we get it, <laughs> is that it's in every situation. Peace is promised at the end of this verse. And the formula is in everything. Talk to God. Ask him for what you need. Do we ask him? Do you ask him? Do you bring that stuff to him? That's what a, that's what a prayer life is, is about, friends. Okay, God, here's all my anxiety. Here's all my stuff. Here's what's going well. Here's what's going not so well. Here's what's not going to go well. Here's what's going awfully. And here's the stuff deep down in the closet that I don't uncork for anybody. In every situation, dialogue with God and ask him for what you need. And he says, and do it with what? With thanksgiving. Why? Why? Why do you think he says to do it with thanksgiving? Anybody have an idea? There's humility. Okay, I'll tell you. Thankfulness for who God is, his character, anticipation that he's going to do something amazing. Thankfulness that he's done stuff in you already. Is that what you're going to say? 
Yeah, what we've already received. Like, we, this is already what we have. You know what that's about? It's an acknowledgement that Jesus is our Lord. It's an acknowledgement that we're taking in every situation and we're putting it at the throne of Jesus. Here, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to put my faith in you. I'm going to talk to you about it, and I'm going to ask you for what I need. I'm going to be thankful for what you've done and what you still can do and what I still need you to do, and I'm going to be thankful for your character. I'm going to be thankful for all. I'm just, but all, I'm, I'm going to put myself at the foot of the throne of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And the text promises in every situation when we live like that, that the peace of God, which trans, what does it say? What's the word? Transcends all understanding. You know what that means? Blows your doors off. Blows your mind. We can't conceive of how it is that God would work. We can't conceive that even though we're presenting stuff to God, it's not solved. We can't understand how the outcome's going to come. You've heard me confess this. I'm the king. This is my sin. Let me confess my sin to you. I'm the king of, let me tell you how this is going to go. I think I always know how it's going to go. I think I always know how it's going to go. So if I get sideways with somebody or if I've got stumbling, I always know how it's going to go, my friends. That is the opposite of faith. And I'm not experiencing any shalom in that at all. Because I don't know how it's going to go because the peace of God will, trans, will transcend all our understanding. It'll blow our doors off. Transcends all understanding and then that peace will come and guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. So here's the point. We're presenting ourselves. We're giving each thing to God. Can I tell you something? By the way, it's more than just letting go. It's more than that whole thing where let, let go and let God, whatever. That creates more anxiety for most of us. That's not what the formula says. The formula doesn't say let go and let God, like I'm going to pretend it doesn't exist and that's some super spiritual way of receiving peace. That doesn't work. This isn't saying in every situation, understanding the lordship of Jesus, dialoguing with this real God, asking him for what we need with thanksgiving for the whole picture. This is an understanding that God is the king and the Lord and that I can trust him. It's about trusting a real God who's in our lives and who has already been working in our lives. And so the idea, that's about trust and about faith. So this faith then leads to God. That's what this verse is all about. What's the secret? What's it, how is it that the angel said on earth glory, on heaven glory, and on earth peace? How, how is that the case? It's because we trust him with our whole lives. And then in this amazing, spiritual, miraculous, mind-blowing way, peace comes and guards us. You've got testimony to this. People who have walked with God for any amount of time have testimony that when we present these things to God, when we dialogue with God and ask him for what we need, that his peace comes. We've seen him meet us in that. I, I've, I've already brought you along the journey a few times with my son, Tommy, who's 22 and looking for a job and out of college and applying. And he's just, ah, it's all stress. And I'm realizing how much God is ministering to me, telling me, teaching me about trusting him because I have to be a spiritual mentor and coach to, to my son, right? So I'm telling him all the right things. But inside, I'm like, oh, I believe that. So he's like, oh, you know, I got these three interviews down here, and I think that's going to be it. And if that one doesn't come, if I don't get that, if I go for a third interview and I don't get it, then what do I got, right? You know the anxiety? You remember that? Some of you remember that, what it was like to be 22 and go, the stakes are pretty high. 
What if I get no job? What if I get two offers? I mean, I can't make the decision like I'm I'm not smart enough, which is true because the frontal lobe's not fully developed. I mean, it is is a tough place to be. The anxiety is ridiculous for, we're all in that in some way, shape, or form. And I'm coaching Tommy through this and he's like, okay, so he has three interviews over here and all his eggs are in that basket. And he's like, "Uh, I need a paycheck by like January 15th or I'm done. And I'm like, you are done because you've been off the payroll already. Like that's not happening here. So, and... And so then he get three interviews here, like what happens? And then he gets a second interview over here and he comes downstairs and he's like, okay, I don't know what to do with that because the second interview, like I loved that. Like I was already getting my head all around this, but what if they, what if both, what if both, what if I get both of them, right? That kind of a deal. Listen, if you have to make young people, old people, really old people, let me tell you something. (laughs) Harry Jones, If you are left to navigate this journey without a God who made you, loves you, knows you, calls you, and is ready to reveal life at its fullest, if you are going to try to live without that guidance, you will never find peace. So I'm coaching my son. Well, you know how things work, right? Thought, Thought this was it. Didn't get it. This came. It's awesome. He's fired up. He's going. By the way, he's got a job. He's out. It's awesome. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> but he came last night, uh, over, uh, yesterday, over lunch, he said, this is literally what he said. This is amazing. I feel zero anxiety about what's ahead. Shalom. The peace of God when in every circumstance we trust our lives to God, dialogue with him about it, learn from him, hear from him, talk about it, wrestle with it, and ask him for what we need. The scripture says, the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's good news, that's Christmas. That's that's why the angels said in heaven, glory and on earth, peace on whom God's favor rests. That's us. Well, I just want to show you two verses and close with it. Jesus had an encounter with a woman who had lived a sinful life, the scripture says. And she came with her poor reputation and everyone's judgment to a party where Jesus was and wept and broke an alabaster jar of perfume and anointed him, wept at his feet, kissed his feet in worship and adoration. In the end of that encounter, Jesus said, your faith has healed you. Faith has saved you. Go in peace. Faith results in an encounter with Jesus that brings peace. Do you see it? She came with her past and her shame and her sin and her abuse and she encountered Jesus who saved her. And the result was she could go in shalom. A chapter later, a woman who had had a physical problem, had been bleeding for 12 years and spent every dollar she had on doctors, couldn't get it fixed. 
in a crowd, reached out and touched the edge of Jesus' garment. You know the story. And she was healed instantaneously. And when it all unfolded and Jesus finally got together with her, he said, woman, your faith has healed you. And the result is she could go in peace. Shalom, sister. Whether it's the internal junk of the past and reputation and fears and, and, and understanding of ourselves, whether it's the external world of our own, of our own disease or our own poverty or our own uh, need or own lack, that there is this encounter with Jesus in faith that says, in all circumstance, I'm going to dialogue with you and I'm going to ask you for what I need, God. And when we encounter him, that's faith. And then when, when that faith encounters Jesus who makes the broken whole, who makes the, the divided reunited, who makes the chaos peaceful. When we in faith encounter this shalom-giving God, we're able to walk into his peace. I want to pray for you. Let's close our eyes and rest for just a moment in this quietness. I'm just going to give you one half a minute to think, what do I need to bring before God out of my own lack of shalom that I need to put at his feet? Just identify one thing you're carrying right now that's creating anxiety and the opposite of peace. Father, we picture that thing, we put it in a, on a tray or we put it in a Trader Joe's shopping bag and we bring it and we set it at the feet of the throne of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality, who defends the cause of the widow and the lonely and the alien. We bring, God, this concern to the feet of our good Savior who has come into the world. This is our faith, that you know us and see us and care for us and want life for us and have come to bring us peace. And so we trust you with this thing that we're carrying. Even today on Christmas Eve morning, we're carrying stuff, but we carry it to you. It, somehow, God, by what you do, by our placing our trust in you, guard our hearts and our minds with the shalom that only you can provide. You're our hope. You're the one who loves us. You are our joy. And you have come to bring on earth peace. And so we long for it now in the name of Christ. And all God's people said, amen.